Today on Drawing Near, Peter begins to close out his letter. He does so with several final instructions. These are intended as encouragements during the difficult days that these believers were living in. Today, nearly 2,000 years later, followers of Jesus still need these words. Take your Bible and turn to 1 Peter chapter 4 and join us as we study Love Covers a Multitude of Sins. As we prepare for our study, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for the blessing that we have of calling you Father. We thank you for the tender love with which you love us. And Father, we thank you that you have birthed this love in our hearts through faith in Jesus Christ. Help us to love one another fervently, tenderly, even in a forgiving way. Guide us in our study. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So turning to 1 Peter chapter 4, we begin today in verse 7. Peter writes, But the end of all things is at hand. As he starts out this verse, he lets them know that the time is short. Now, we know today, looking back, that it's been 2,000 years. But we need to understand, ever since the time of Christ, all Christians are commanded to be expecting the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to live day by day with a great expectancy of hearing the trumpet blast and seeing our Lord in the air. We see that in Paul's letters. Now we see this in Peter. And Jesus himself said, that we needed to be ready and watchful because his return will be suddenly as a thief in the night. But it should not catch us unaware like it's going to catch the lost world. We should be looking for Jesus's return. And so Peter says, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. With this expectancy that Jesus Christ could return at any moment, we are to live seriously. We are to take life seriously. We're not to be frivolous. We're not to be careless or casual as Christians. We're to be serious. We are to pay attention to detail, and we're to be watchful in our prayers. When we're praying, we need to pray with the knowledge that Jesus Christ could return any moment, and that should affect or influence our prayer life. Those who are serious and watchful are not despairing all the time. They're hopeful. They're expecting. They're excited. They're anticipating. That should affect the way we live day by day. Then in verse 8, we're told, and above all things, have fervent love for one another. Paul says that there abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Jesus said essentially the same thing when he said the greatest commandment is to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love our neighbor as ourself. Here Peter says in verse 8, And above all things, have fervent love for one another. Not just love, but fervent love. And once again, he's not talking about just the emotional intent of our heart, but he's talking about how we are to live in relationship with one another. We are to fervently love one another. Why? The end of verse 8 tells us, For love will cover a multitude of sins. Love does something in two people's lives. One, when we love someone genuinely, 
that restrains our sinful attitudes toward them. It restrains our critical nature, our judgmental nature, our attitude of pride that we are superior and they are inferior. It keeps us from looking down on someone or rejecting the service that they may need from us. Love covers that kind of sin in our life. It overshadows it. It holds it back. But love also does something in the other person's life. When we love someone fervently, we're not quick to condemn. We are patient with them. We do not allow their sinful or worldly or immature behavior to affect us that drastically. And even when they do treat us wrongly, we still continue to fervently love them. And they, in turn, are influenced by our love. We have all been influenced by the love of God through Christ. And we can influence the world by being righteous and holy and loving, and the world can see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. We're told that the way we treat other people influences how they respond. We're told that a soft answer turns away wrath. Those kinds of teachings should encourage us to love fervently with all of our heart. In verse 8, Peter elaborates on this kind of love. He says, It should be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Now, we know we need to be hospitable or open or helpful to other individuals. But oftentimes, as we do so, we grumble and complain, or we talk about how they don't really need this kind of thing, or they're just taking advantage. We're not to do that. We're to be hospitable. We're to be charitable, but without grumbling. Verse 10 says, as each one has received a gift, from the Lord, we're to minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The idea of as good stewards of the manifold grace of God is we have as believers received gifts, spiritual gifts and abilities from God according to his grace toward us. Because he has been so gracious in giving us these spiritual gifts, we are to use them in the lives of other people to minister to other people. We're not to hoard our spiritual gifts. We're not to use our spiritual gifts for our own benefit or gain, but rather we're to serve other people. Each Christian has been given spiritual gifts to make them ministers and servants to other people. The body of Christ is strengthened in this way. The body is fleshed out in this manner. So as good stewards or good managers of the grace of God in our lives, we are to love each other by serving one another, utilizing our spiritual gifts. Verse 11 says, If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. This simply means we need to be very, very careful in what we say, how we say it, and the words that come out of our mouth need to be godly and holy. Also, when we speak using spiritual gifts, we need to not take credit for that, but rather give glory to God, acknowledge that these holy words come from the Father. He saved us. He's regenerated us. He has helped us to grow by faith in Christ, and he is the one who gets the glory for any good thing that we can say or do. And if anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So as we minister and serve, we're to do it in God's power, not our own power. 
We're to do it and acknowledge that it is God who supplies these abilities in our lives. So as we are fervently loving one another, we are mindful of God's influence and graciousness in our lives, and that guides us not only to do right, but to glorify him for the right that we do, in order that God can be glorified through Jesus Christ. It's through Christ that we have been saved. It's through Christ that we are being sanctified, and one day we will be glorified through Jesus Christ. The final words in verse 11, through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. All glory belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ for all of the salvation and all of the sanctifying work that is done through the Holy Spirit on this earth. Jesus gets the glory because it is Jesus who humbled himself, who loved us, and gave his life as a ransom for our sins. He atoned for our sins on our behalf. He gets the glory for the change that takes place in our hearts and lives. And not only does he get the glory, but the dominion, the power that comes with it forever and ever. Amen. Jesus doesn't just get it while we're on earth. Jesus gets it in heaven and for all eternity. Praise the Lord and amen. Thank you, Father, for your immeasurable gift for the grace that we have through Jesus Christ, for the part that we can play in the body of Christ. Thank you for our brothers and sisters. Thank you for all of those who are around us who help us to grow in the likeness of Christ, either by the difficulty they apply to our life and cause suffering, which causes us to draw near to you, to be strengthened, to be purified in our faith. And we thank you for our brothers and sisters who love us, and whom we can love, in whose lives we can use our spiritual gifts. Thank you for how you have placed us perfectly within your body for your glory. May we never take credit for what you have done in our lives, but give you the glory, and always look forward to the time when you will return, as we are serious and watchful in our prayers, looking forward to the trumpet blast that will signal your glorious return. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.